Welcome to the Kuttinger Co. Analyst's View. This is the Identity Edition. And this is the March 2020 edition of the Identity Edition. My name is Matthias Reinwart. I'm Director of Practice IAM here at Kuppinger Co. And I want to talk about modernizing IAM solutions, leveraging new operating models with the Kuppinger Co. Identity Fabric. And that sounds much more complicated than it is. So if we modernize IAM solution, we have to start with legacy IAM. Legacy IAM is something that is in existence in almost any organization. Many organizations have started early in using identity and access management for efficiently and securely managing their identities and the access rights associated to them. So many organizations do have legacy IAM. It started out as a typical enterprise IAM system, so typically run on-premises and run by an own team that is um, specialized on running such a system. And of course, over time, um, requirements have changed and the environments have changed and deployment models have changed, but these self-run on-premises run infrastructures come with high operations effort and costs. You need to have the team that does it. You need to have well-designed and executed um, processes. You need to provide these platforms and services with a high availability because this is your authentication and authorization platform. So this should be available 24-7 and with high performance. So high operations effort and high cost. These systems typically come with lots of customizing because they don't provide out of the box all the functionality that you require. So there are toolkits, APIs, workflow engines available, which you can use to add additional functionality. And this customizing, of course, <clears throat> come with, comes with a um, generic issue. And that issue is maintaining these customizations, maintaining them especially um, in the process of software upgrades and patches to make sure that these changes still are available and functioning, functioning perfectly as they did before the upgrade and the patch. Many organizations need to have maintenance windows and make sure that these patches are well tested and well executed. There are maintenance windows on weekends uh, that make sure that no normal business um, is interrupted by that. And even organizations don't dare to do software upgrades and patches, just not to break the system, the customizations. On the other hand, there are much more new requirements coming up. Um, digitalization is one buzzword that has to be mentioned here. And this digitalization requires new digital services and the, uh, they need to be provided in a way uh, that they have access to access data, to identity data, identities by employees, by partners, and by consumers. New business requirements need to be fulfilled very in a very agile manner. And so these new digital services and business requirements are real new challenges to existing IAM system. On the other hand, there's the requirement for compliance and governance. So, uh, Second buzzword, of course, is GDPR here. 
So many organizations just have to make sure that they handle um, identity data because this is PII, personally identifiable information, in many cases has been or is handled in a compliant manner to all the regulations, to all the laws that are out there and that need to be fulfilled. And there's much more to think of when it comes to compliance and governance and an IAM system. And thinking all of, of all of this, um, another issue is the skills gap. So if you want to have a team that provides this within your organization, it might be very difficult to find the right people to actually do it for you, to hire them in, in a way that they are as experienced and as trained as required. So that might be really an issue here. A different angle to look at this um, topic is the Kupinger Cole IAM reference architecture. We use this as a tool, as a compendium to look at existing IAM architectures and to define to be architecture. So for move from a status quo to a planned new status um, along a roadmap. So if you look at this graphics very quickly, I don't want to dive too deep into that, but a short glimpse on it. If you look at the big box in the middle, we have four columns, administration, audit and analytics, authentication, authorization. And with these four pillars, we organize the building blocks that we typically expect to be within an IAM system. They are, if you look at the lines, um, also distinguished between uh, core IAM, extended IAM, and IAM-related IT. So the blocks that we expect should be in an IAM system, uh, those who can be but are not necessary, and those systems that are within an organization and that provide data to an IAM system, consume data, interact, co-op cooperate with an IAM system. To the left, we have the data sources. To the right, we have the target systems. On the top, we have business use cases. So the actual questions that your business will ask the IT, the IAM team to fulfill, so onboard a partner, offboard a partner, usually more challenging, um, provide content management uh, techni techniques. And on, on the bottom, we have all these regulations that are there and without being asked, they need to be fulfilled no matter what you do. So privacy regulation, industry-specific regulations, all these need to be uh, fulfilled in general. So looking at these building blocks and thinking of the existing IAM system and then moving that to a more modern approach, that is what we want to look at here today. What we are doing is we are shifting IAM currently. And that is nothing specific when it comes to um, IAM in general, but it is um, something that happens to IT in general. So we are looking at more and new deployment models uh, apart from the standard on-premises running of systems. So one trend, of course, is microservices slash containerization. Although these are different things, they are closely related when it comes to formulating well-defined microservices and putting them for the implementation into a container and running them on infrastructure as a service. On the other hand, there are 
more and more organizations who provide IAM as a managed service. So the actual operations of the IAM is executed by a trusted partner. And where it is executed is not necessarily defined because it's just a managed service. It could be on premises, it could be on, in data centers owned by the MSP, or it could be in the cloud or in a data center by a third party. So what you're doing here is you're really losing the responsibility for operating the system for yourself. It comes with a price tag and somebody does it for you. And not that new, but still rather new, is the concept of identity as a service, where you have identity and access management features, access management, IGA, access governance capabilities being provided to an organization from the cloud as a service without the need of operating that, without the need of taking care of maintenance windows, upgrades, patches. Um, and that is usually provided um, yeah, from the cloud and it could be in a private cloud or it could be in a uh, multi-tenant shared environment. So shifting an IAM from an on-premises system um, partially or completely towards such an architecture, that is also an aspect when it comes to uh, modernizing IAM. The third angle I want to have a short look at is what we at Kupinger Coal call the identity fabrics. And that is actually the complete picture, apart from the more technical, more architectural building block point of view. This is really, yeah, the vision behind that. We have to the left all these identities that are managed in an IAM system, but also need access to systems. To the right, we have all the systems from cloud to federated to legacy. So if a consumer wants to have access to a system that is run still on premises, that needs to be accomplished. If an internal employee wants to have access to a cloud service, the same is true as well. So if we have the users to the left, the identities to the left, the target systems to look at to the right, then the middle block um, makes sure that this all plays well together. Achieving and enabling access from everyone to everywhere in a secure manner based on a need-to-have, need-to-know basis. And that all by combining existing and newly created building blocks from the reference architecture run in different um, operating models between on-premise and the cloud and microservices and containers. That is the full picture of the identity fabrics. And having this in place enables you to have the enablement of digital services to the top and the integration of legacy systems, including a legacy IAM, if necessary, at the bottom of this graphics. So this is the vision that is behind that. There's much more around that on the Kupinger Coal website. So if you're interested in that, and you should be, um, you can find that on our webpage. So now, how do we start? How do we get to a starting point? How do we find, do we, do we define a first uh, roadmap for um, modernizing an existing architecture? And we at Kupinger Coal, we typically apply a very simple approach here. We do portfolio analysis, and that sounds more complicated than it is. Um, as an example, I've pulled out a list, not all, just a few, 
of the building blocks of the reference architecture flight that we had before. And then we assess that from the viewpoint of an organization with regards to the importance of such a building block and the functionality that is hidden in there and the aspect of missing functionality, feature completeness. So um, if we talk to the business, if we talk to IT, if we talk to legal um, within an organization about these topics, it's usually quite straightforward to assign values between zero and 10 um, to such a building block and to look at what um, the results are here. So if we take an, as an example the um, directory services, of course, they are highly important, um, but usually as these are grown up systems and directory services were the first to be in place within an IAM system, there usually is not too much functionality missing. So it is important because otherwise things don't work, but there is no functionality missing. If you look at access governance as an example, up until a few years ago, that was not that important. Sometimes it was in banks and in insurance companies it was, but it was not that important. And everybody knew, hey, there's lots of functionality missing. So this is the, the picture that we had uh, just up until a few years ago. So if we look at all these uh, values here and we look at the result of this, we get to a, a chart to a graph like this and then you can really identify how these individual building blocks are related to each other and we will have a short look at that afterwards but just to fix this of course access governance in year 2020 is something that is highly important and no longer just a two so we should fix that and change it here to an eight so it moved over here to the right upper quadrant uh, so to understand that access governance is really important. So what do we do with this? Of course, we need to assess this. We need to uh, get to a prioritization here. And that is how it looks like. The four colors are applied to the four segments of this graph. And they, of course, have different meanings. If we start to the lower left corner, which is in Title III and which I said is the don't touch quadrant. Um, these are functionalities, building blocks that are of little importance and don't have any missing functionality. So they are rather fun uh, function complete or feature complete. So what do you do with these? They are working. Uh, nothing is missing. Don't touch. Just keep them. If we go to the upper left, we have uh, identity proofing and verification and user self-service, which are not that important for that organization, for that ideal organization, for this demo organization, but there is lots of functional functionality missing. So what do you do with that? I've called it with the one, the long tail. You should do something here, but you don't have to do it immediately. When it comes to immediately, and we look at the upper right quadrant, this is the thing that where you really want to start with. So these are the ones which are highly important for reasons, because your business wants to have it, your legal department wants to have it, have it your governance um, um, department wants to have it, maybe your business partners want to have it. So it's really business essential. So these are the aspects of an IAM system to look at because of high importance and missing functionality. 
So you need to do something and it is important. So these are the, what we call strong candidates for starting, for embarking on your journey, for modernizing your IAM infrastructure. And if you look at access governance, we've heard before, as an example, these are functionalities which are provided also from the cloud, can be deployed within a microservices container scenario. Uh, privilege management is something that can be easily also provided as a service. Uh, of course, identity federation is something that is run in the cloud or from the cloud, usually with IDPs being provided, uh, for example, through services like Azure AD. And to finalize that picture, of course, there is the uh, lower right segment where there is functionality that does not require much changes, but is highly important. So this is something where we would say there is no immediate action required unless there are other aspects when it comes to cost, which is not depicted in this picture. So these are something that do not require immediate action. When we look at these two dimensions, missing functionality and importance, but of course, you can execute such a portfolio scenario uh, for different combinations of dimensions. So that really helps us and helps Cooping a Coal when working with our clients in really quickly defining and identifying first steps for a roadmap, for a strategy, for an architecture development plan. So to finalize this short session, six takeaways as a summary. So it's just a short wrap up of what we've heard today. First of all, there is legacy IAM. We are not starting on a greenfield basis. So a legacy IAM is challenged. The box just repeats what we've mentioned before, increasing requirements, limited functionality, growing complexity and cost, patches, updates, and the skill gap. I've shown you the architectural blueprint of Kupinger Coal as a means of describing and understanding the status quo and the to-be IAM landscape. I've quickly shown you the identity fabric for both of these things, architectural blueprint, identity fabric. There's much more to learn on our website. Changing deployment models. So where do you run these systems? And changing operating models. Who does it? Does it somebody do for you? Or is it something that you do somewhere else? And finally, the roadmap definition when it comes to modernizing an existing IAM infrastructure and IAM architecture. Thank you very much for listening to this video blog post. I would be happy to have you as an audience in future video blog posts. Thank you very much for your time.